Going to talk some Ashes cricket. What a finish to that game this morning. You could not have scripted a better game one in the Ashes. Australia getting the job done by two wickets with Pat Cummins getting the winning runs with about four overs left in the day's play. Joining us on the line now to have a bit of a chat about it, Trent Copeland. He's a former Australian cricketer, has done some commentary on Channel 7, also been on SEN this week, and it's a great pleasure to welcome him into the show now. Uh, good afternoon. Good morning to you, Trent. Yeah, good morning. I'll forewarning, I am absolutely delirious, tired, I am buzzing, I don't know what to do. Uh, it is one of the great mornings of Australian cricket, uh, great evenings if you were in England celebrating. But uh, look, how about test cricket, eh? Oh. I am a purist of the highest order and I'm, I, I go into this conversation very much biased towards the red ball game. But kudos to England and Ben Stokes, Brendan McCullum. But just generally, nothing can match what we have just witnessed over the last five days. Oh, I agree, Trent. I think it's going to be go down as one of the great all-time great Ashes Test matches. And the thing is, I, I as a Kiwi, haven't been this excited for a Test series probably since uh, only a couple of years ago when we first, uh, well, not first, but we got to come back over and play Australia at the MCG on Boxing Day. That was a, that was a massive deal for Kiwis. But outside of that... The build-up to this series has been incredible. You've got two sides that are arguably the two best sides in the, in the world at the moment. England uh, resurgent. Australia have just won the World Test Championship. And you could not have scripted a better first game because, look, we, we, something else could have happened here. England might have, you know, scored 500 in the first innings. Australia collapsed. But we got literally what everyone has been wanting for the best part of a year and a half. Yeah, and if not longer, I don't recall, I, I think I was talking to Vossi on Tracky Radio here in Sydney on SEN yesterday about 2005, that Ashes series, the famous Ashes series. It's the last time I can remember this type of uh, interest from all around the world, but it was more after the fact. Anticipation-wise, I don't recall in my lifetime anything as big as this. And then to come up with what we saw today, you know, we are talking... That Edgebaston match in 2005, we're talking in Australian cricket terms, the famous World Cup semi-final with the underarm down the non-strikers and from Damien Fleming. This was one of those days and one of those moments. And I've got to say, Pat Cummins for PM. That is where <laughs> my head's at. It, because it has to go down as one of the greatest captain's performances of all time. With the yeah. ball throughout the match, but... He hasn't had a great deal of runs in the lead-up to this series. Hasn't had any match practice, uh, you know, bar the World Test Championship. And then comes out after Ollie Robinson gives a little jab about how bad the bottom uh, order is for Australia. And he and Nathan Lyon get the job done. Well supported, obviously, by the top order in Usman Khawaja and the like. But I, honestly, I'm sure you can tell in my voice, I'm, I'm just overjoyed with what's just transpired. And... and the fact we've got four more tests to come. I know. That, that's that, that's the thing. You know, you, you, this is this is game number one. I just it just sets the whole tone for the series, which uh, I I can't wait for. Trent, um, it's funny you brought up Edge Baston back in two thousand and five because I don't know if you know this, but the total that Australia needed to get back in that Test match was two hundred and eighty two, and they fell two yeah. they fell two runs shy. It might have been two eighty one. They fell two runs shy. In a way, for Australians, does this almost feel like a bit of vindication? Is this a little bit of, we've got one back over you after 2005? Well, the parallels don't stop there. I mean, in that match, it was Brett Lee who batted with Michael Kasperowitz, and he was 40 not out at the end. 
and he batted in the same position as Pat Cummins. It was a very similar type of, oh, well, now that they're down to these two, they won't get there, they won't get there. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, geez, they're right there. They could do this. And then, of course, the Michael Kasperowitz famous dismissal at the end. And uh, look, I'm with you. Uh, I can't help but have thought to myself in those moments, geez, I hope it doesn't happen again. Uh, but the boys got it done. And what a, what a celebration. Uh, you know, the, the scenes at the venue, everyone who was there over the course of this five days, I saw Joe Root reference this as well post-match. Everyone that's there over the course of those five days, particularly today, will be cricket fans for life. They will be fans of individuals for life. And they will reference this moment in time as why they love the game. Yeah. And that is what we're all here for and, yeah. and why we love it so much. Yeah, I mean, packed out edge best and the, the crowd noise. Uh, we certainly heard it through the speakers here on ECN and ECNZ, but, uh, but watching on TV as well. Just sometimes you couldn't even hear the commentators. It was that loud. Let's, let's talk about the, uh, the, the match specifically and where it was won or lost. Now, I, uh, we had uh, former Black Caps captain Jeremy Coney on yesterday, and I asked him the question, should it come down to a couple of runs, maybe a wicket or two, or the final over, will there be pressure put on that decision from Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum to declare early? Jeremy Coney didn't think so, but here we are, Trent, the game won by two wickets and arguably the last you know, one to four overs. Is there going to be pressure or should there be pressure put on that decision? Well, uh, in essence, my opinion is no, because we wouldn't have been in this situation had that not happened, in my opinion. Uh, and I think one of the great credits to Brendan McCullum, Ben Stokes and the team that are playing the way they are playing. A lot of people talk about baseball as, you know, the reverse ramps by Joe Root for six and things like that. But it is the overarching intent of the team to move the game forward and make it entertaining. So, yeah, uh, look, I, I say no. I say long live this type of cricket and this mentality. Um, yes, you are going to lose games by doing it, but you give yourself far more opportunities to win. This has long been the New South Wales cricket mantra is, declarations, putting yourself and almost dangling the carrot to an opposition so that they play a certain way that opens the door to opportunities. Mm. So that's my view on the situation. Look at what I would say is they need to look hard at things like Johnny Bairstow's wicket-keeping, yep. the, the dismissals that were maybe missed along the way, um, and potentially the team makeup. I thought once partnerships were established for Australia, um, maybe they didn't have the differential of a Mark Woods pace, for example. Um, but look, that's all in hindsight. And I, you know, I can't wait for Lords because it's going to be just such a different style of cricket. It won't be flat. It won't be docile. It'll be you know, contest between bat and ball the whole way through. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's fascinatingly poised. Yeah, so if, you know, there are still four games to go. You mentioned that before and sometimes we can forget it given what we've just seen. But four games still to go. So... Do you think, um, what, what specifically about this game do you think Australia will be looking at and bottling up heading into the next four games? Because it's the first time they've faced that, that sort of Bears ball style from England and given they've got the result, you could argue they, they handled it perfectly. So what do they need to bottle up there and take into game two? Well, you know what? Uh, watching the coverage, and, and not necessarily on SDM, but largely the TV coverage, um, they, they, the Aussies copped it for how they approach this game. Uh, you know, people like Kumar Sangakara coming out and saying, you know, it's, 
Pat Cummins is very one-dimensional in the way he thinks, and we're we're all seeing it. It's defensive in its in his mindset. You know, like it, it was criticism because we started the match in ball one, deep point on the fence. Hmm. Um, it, it wasn't just a oh hey come on let's just throw a fielder out there. Pat referenced the fact that uh, you know it was analytics driven. It was okay how do we attack this team for this contest the best way possible? And you know I think. You know, I don't necessarily agree with some of the fields or some of the plans, but what it did do was understand what was going to happen, control to a degree the momentum of the game so that when they did make breakthroughs, they were able to strike and the scoreboard wasn't away from them on the most part. So, look, if I'm going to bottle anything up, I think it would be largely we can withstand the pressure, we can at times let the game get away from us and still come back and win. Mm. So that's what I'm really clinging to. And I guess on top of that, you, you cling to Usman Khawaja in the change room and you say, mate, <laughs> how, how are you doing it? This is bloody unreal because, you know, let's not forget this fact. We've won that match with Marnus Labuschagne and Steve Smith scoring no more than 30 runs combined. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You yeah. Know, there's upside in the change room as well. So, uh, exciting times for Australian cricket, but and the, and the series in general and England too. So, what are what are England? Um, do you think need, needing to look at? You mentioned a couple of you know maybe personnel changes there, but I guess in their approach to the match, was there anything they did wrong on on day five? What what are they going to learn going into game two? Look, I think the answer is no. Not necessarily they did anything wrong. Uh, maybe just some execution errors. I thought Joe Root was absolutely outstanding throughout the match in how he played. Um, what I will expect that they will do is potentially look at Moeen Ali's role in the side for this particular next test match if there is a traditional Lord's wicket with grass on the pitch, nice, fast, bouncy conditions. They may, may well look to someone like Chris Wokes, who's got an amazing record at the venue, uh, or potentially Mark Wood for something different uh, and ask you know Joe Root and the like to be their spin uh, to hold up an end if need be. But, um, look, I don't think either team need to change too much. I mean, it was one of the great test matches ever, and that was because both teams were really, really good. Yeah, very tight margins. Uh, Trent, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, my friend, I know you, you are still recovering. I can't imagine what it's going to be like over the next four tests should it uh, should it continue down this trend. <laughs> There's going to be plenty of late nights and uh, heart palpitations. But uh, do, do appreciate you coming on and uh, hopefully talk again soon. Yeah, no worries. I wish I was in England so I could be joining the other Aussies over there strutting around in London and and the like uh, (laughs) after that. But what a great day for cricket in general. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Cheers. There you go. Uh, Trent Copeland joining us out of Australia. He has absolutely fizzed up and there's so much like banter and sledging amongst the English and the Aussie cricketing fans. So whichever way it goes in each test, uh, you can imagine the 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 streets are going to be loud and uh, and very boisterous. But uh, great to gra- uh, catch up with Trent there.